Welcome, Yvette. Thank you for joining us again today. It is so great to have you for the series. Hi, Mom. Lovely to be here. So, in our interview the other night, we spoke quite a lot about astrology. Can you maybe just go a little bit deeper into what astrology actually is? So, there are two types of astrology. There is sidereal astrology and tropical astrology. Um, I think I want to start with sidereal because that's the lesser known of the one and also the older one of the two arts. Um, sidereal astrology was founded about 12,000 years ago in Sumeria. So they are um, records of sidereal astrology being tracked and documented on the stone tablets found on the clay tablets found in Sumeria, which is around um, the Middle East. Mm. Uh, this system was based on um, about 13 constellations that is situated around us in the cosmos. So astrology is the viewpoint from Earth towards the star from the perspective of the sun and the planets moving around us yeah. rather than us and the planets moving around the sun. So you always have to remember that when you, when you think in astrological terms. Yeah. Um, and then sidereal astrology actually had 13 constellations identified and personified. And this is the interesting part, because 12,000 years ago, if you can remember our interview, um, we were in the proton belt. Um, and, and this is a time when our oscillation frequency is higher and our coherence is higher. So this was experiencing the influences of these constellations, as well as um, the planets around us, and uh, making notes of those perspectives. And, um, and then sort of documenting these different experiences that we had um, with the sun from our perspective being in each different segment yeah. um, for a period of time. Interesting also there that these constellations, some are bigger and some are smaller, so then the sun would spend more or less time in each constellation. Um, and then the, the 13th constellation, which I'm not sure everybody knows about, is called Ophicus. I was about to ask. Yes, Ophicus. Ophicus is called the serpent bearer, and he lies between the constellation of Scorpio and Sagittarius. Okay. And that actually is the one that throws everything out of our standardized system. So our standardized system, which is called tropical astrology, mm. was founded around the year 1100, and based on where the constellations were from our perspective around the year 0 AD. So 2,000 years ago. Mm. And what is interesting about that is that 2,000 years ago, we were about 3,000 years out of the midpoint of our deep space orbit around our star, our Io. Mm. And this is our point of our lowest oscillation frequency and also our lowest level of consciousness. Yeah. And a lot of standardization happened around that time. We standardized time. So we have 365 and a quarter years. You know, we, we everything standardized around that time. And it, it happened because people didn't know the difference. Mm -hmm. They weren't as sensitively attuned and they didn't think it makes a difference. Yeah. Although today you would hear a lot of people saying, but I'm not a typical Aries. Yeah. Or I'm not a typical Libra. And the thing is that you're probably not. You know, the 13 sign throws all these constellations out. So you say the 13th sign sits between Scorpio and Sagittarius. Sagittarius yes. And the signs are all sort of a different size. And I suppose that makes sense because if you looked up at the sky at night, 
all the constellations are a different size. They're not standardized, Mark. The, the cosmos isn't standardized. Yeah. You know, and the thing is that with us moving closer and closer and more deeper into the photon belt, our oscillation frequency is increasing, um, and so we're picking up more. And we're starting to feel, but that's what I'm being told, but it's not 100% how I'm feeling. Yeah. Or it's not 100% how I see myself. So we're more sensitive to the energy of these constellations than we were a thousand, two thousand years ago. Or even a couple of hundred years ago. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the, 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 the intensity and the amplification that is happening now in the photon belt is incredible. You know, it literally is within the last couple of decades that people are saying, mm, but that doesn't feel 100% me. Yeah. Which we didn't hear before. You didn't hear that in the 70s and in the 80s. So how, how do these constellations actually affect us? Like, how does it affect our personality when we're born? So um, what basically happens is, again, from our perspective, the sun is in a certain segment of the universe around us at that time of birth, and so are all the planets, right? And we call that our design origin. Um, metaphysical term, not a scientific term, but it basically is the moment of incarnation. It's like an imprint. So it's almost as if you come in through the veil of incarnation from spirit into the physical, and the veil is blue. And then you come out the other side, you've got this imprint of blue, or the veil is orange. And you come out the other side, you've got this imprint of orange. Yeah. It's like that. So that constellation at your time of your birth is amplified at the time of the birth, and that's creating this energetic imprint on your energy system that's as you're born. That is great. And that is what makes it so dynamic to actually look at the side real astrology, because that is the actual constellation that is influencing you at birth. What is sidereal time? I've heard about this concept of sidereal time. Is that then related um, to this? I don't. I actually don't know what you what you specifically mean. I can only mean that it must be. I can only think that it must be related to the same thing, yeah. and it specifically is about the inconsistency of these constellations. So some constellations are seventeen days long. Some are twenty-one days long. Some are a bit shorter. You know, and and that's what it's. It's almost like saying real time rather than standardized time that we then conformed into okay. in our way of thinking. So this 13th constellation, yes. what are the characteristics of that constellation? Aphicus. Aphicus, the serpent bearer, is quite temperamental. Yeah. He has a temper. He's very intense. And, and he's wrestling with the serpent, which is uh, metaphysically very interesting because Snakes in, in, in shamanic culture and metaphysical orientation is um, they speak of transformation, you know, and, and they speak of kundalini energy. Mm. So you often find people who choose to incarnate in a fecus at the brink or the precipice of some enormous transformation or awakening of personal power and awakening of personal energy. Um, and that then can go either way because you also find these people, if, they, if they're not connected, if they're not awakening, they can be quite fiery, temperamental, frustrated um, people. And then on the other side of the coin, if they do connect with that energy and they awaken their consciousness and they make that transformation that they want to be making, incredibly powerful individuals. Mm. Okay, so if we 
bring these planetary influences then back to what we were discussing the other evening, to the year 2020, how is that influencing uh, the collective at the moment? Okay, so I think um, let's just sort of go slightly back there. Let me just explain planetary influences. Yeah. So at the same way that we've got these constellation influences, let's just say at our birth, um, and we put it into perspective of our solar system, then these constellations are in the cosmos. So some of them can be very, very far away from us. Where our planets are in our solar system with us. So our planetary influences are incredibly strong compared to our constellation influences. Right? Mm. Now if we just look at that, then um, if we look at, at space as an energy field, and we think that every energy field has coherence, mass, and oscillation frequency, so there's something going on there. And then each planet has crystalline structures within it. So it's got gas and it's got um, solid mass and it's got liquid mass. Mm. And, and all of those structures have different degrees of coherence. They have different mass and they have different oscillation frequencies. And so the particles of space that move through them and then move through us carry the characteristics of those three aspects. And that's what we feel. Okay, so okay. in our position here on the planet, we are feeling these, ener these energies coming from the planets around us. Yeah, so, we, so, we, so, so the same subatomic particles that move through space move through these planets and then hit us. Okay. And that's what we're feeling. And we're feeling it in terms of a subtle influence of mood um, or mindset. I always try and explain this um, by way of explaining scent or smell. So we can't see what we smell, and we can't feel what we smell, but we can smell it. Yeah. So if you have a jasmine bush outside your window, then the scent of the jasmine has high coherence, it's pleasurable, um, it has medium mass, it doesn't hang around for too long, and there's high oscillation, so it kind of comes and goes. Okay, but. The, the coherence of the smell gives you a pleasurable feeling. It lifts you. Then you have a dump site or a compost heap, and you have decomposing matter mm. on the other side of your house. Um, there's low coherence because the matter is decomposing. Um, there's heavy mass because it's heavy, rotting substance. And there's low oscillation frequency because it's in a state of falling apart. And the smell of that lasts longer and doesn't make you feel so nice. Mm. Can you see? Yeah. So it's like that. So the influence on the wind direction in that example would be quite strong. In space, there's solar wind coming from the sun, is there not? Yes. So how is that influenced by the position of the planet in relation to the sun? So it, it's not only solar wind. Solar wind mm. is one of the aspects. Um, and, and solar wind is nice because we know solar wind. We know that if a solar wind comes at the wrong angle, then it can short out our communications, our telecommunication systems. Mm. But that's only one of the particles that space um, uh, um, consists of. There are many different ones. So you kind of have to even think bigger than that. You have to imagine that that which looks empty actually is not. You know, there, there's space currents, there's the solar wind, there's actually a whole lot of subatomic matter that moves through us and through our planet. 
a constant basis, and there is there is there's information in there. Yeah. You see, and that's what we feel. So if we're saying a planetary influence like a conjunction that we spoke of in our interview, then we are saying that the the energy carried by um, Saturn and Pluto at that stage was 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 actually hitting us together. And that's what intensified what we were experiencing on this side. So on that note, we have different kinds of planetary influences. We have conjunctions, sextiles, um, trines, uh, squares, and oppositions. So could you just explain those briefly? Very briefly. So a conjunction is when two planets sit very closely in the same segment of the space around us. Yeah. Okay. A sextile is when they're sitting at... Um, 60 degrees, a trine is when they're sitting at 120 degrees, a square is when they're hitting us at a 90 degree square, so just to make that easy, if we're in the middle and the solar wind is around us, then one planet will be here and another one will be here, and the energy will be hitting us at a 90 degree angle. Okay. And we have one of those coming up right now on, on the 17th of February, which is very interesting because it's Pluto and Uranus. Pluto, uh, not Pluto, I'm sorry, Saturn. So Saturn and Uranus. Yeah. Saturn, we've learned, is the Lord of Karma. Uranus is the Lord of Awakening and Rebellious Awakening. So not always yeah. the awakening that we want or the outcome. It's a very um, rare square. It's happening three times this year. So it's now, and then it's again on the 14th of June, and it's again on the 25th of December. And this brings us to your question as to the influences at the moment. Yeah. Right? So we have, um, at the beginning of last year, we had the, the Saturn and the Pluto um, conjunction, where they were very close together on the 12th of January 2020. Then, very interestingly, at the end of last year, we had a Saturn and Jupiter conjunction. Um, and a lot of people actually saw that because you could see it with the naked eye. Um, in states, they're moving closer together and then sitting together, sort of on the horizon and moving. And that happened on the 21st of December. And it's very interesting because if you think of awakening, then Jupiter is the planet of dynamic energy and of power and of innovation. So we had the death planet with our karma in the beginning of 2020, and then we had literally its opposite at the planet of life and new beginnings and innovation at the end of that year. Um, with again with Saturn, again with karma. And now you've got these three squares throughout 2021 with Uranus, which is the awakening of karma. Okay. Um, so it's just interesting how it's almost as if our, 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 our different constellations in our, our um, solar system is helping us to awaken as we move deeper and deeper into the, the fatal night. Yeah. So these... Um different types of alignments that you mentioned. Have people found them to be more, have a greater impact when they're at those specific degrees versus just uh, like a random position? They have. Um, and, and another one that I didn't mention, which is very relevant, is the retrogrades. Yeah. So just to throw that into a mix, a retrograde or a planetary retrograde is when the planet is traveling on the opposite side of the sun and seems to be traveling backwards to us. So we're traveling on this side of the sun and the planet's traveling on the other side of the sun. So it seems to be in a retrograde motion from our perspective. Okay. okay. 
And I mentioned that specifically because the point that I want to make is that we need to move into a space where we are more and more aware of planetary influences ourselves than listening to somebody else telling us you are supposed to feel X, Y, Z. Yes, and everybody goes on about Mercury retrograde. That's right. And everybody says how terrible it is, but what is actually going on? What is actually going on? And, and that's the thing, because the, the influence, your sextiles and your trines are, are lesser influences. You need to be quite sensitive to feel them. But your squares and your retrogrades and your conjunctions have very strong and powerful influences. And that is what I would like to motivate people to start being aware of. So rather than listening to what you're being told, just get a little bit cleared up on when these retrograde happen, retrogrades happen, mm -hmm. when the squares happen, when the conjunctions happen, and see if you feel any of them. Yeah. You know, observe your environment. See if you see people acting differently. That was very interesting for me in the practice because years ago when I started out, about 20 years ago, um, because I knew that tropical astrology wasn't really based on how the heavens are at the moment, I wasn't really focused on it, mm. you know. Um, I was more focused on planetary influences as I had been taught. And it was interesting how these retrogrades and the squares and the conjunctions influenced the feedback of the people that I was counseling in the practice. You could clearly see some weeks there was just chaos. Mm. And then I'd go and look and it would be a Mercury retrograde. You know, or there would be um, a period of time with very acrimonious um, couples counseling sessions. And then I'd go and look, and, and, and Venus would be squaring Mars, or would be squaring Uranus, you know. So over a 20-year period of observing different people from different walks of life, I could start tracking these patterns. Yeah. And there were definite patterns, and they still are. Okay, so how can people actually start to learn from this or to work with it rather than being um, at the mercy of the of the planets what can we actually do about it so the, the starting point for me is to actually look at our closest satellite which is the moon um, and i always say to people why don't you just start by being aware of and observing yourself through the moon cycles so the moon has a, 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 a new moon which is completely dark and it has a full moon about two and a half weeks later, which is a completely full moon. So those are quite easy to track and be aware of because the moon is either big and full in the sky or there's no moon. And just observe how you're feeling, you know, and what your mood is. And it's interesting because some people are elevated and optimistic and strong during the full moon and weak and moody and reclusive during the new moon. And other people are the exact opposite, mm. you know. And this is what you need to know about yourself. So how does a full moon feel for me? And how does a new moon feel for me? You know, and how does it affect the people around me? And that is a very good place to start because it's very immediate. Yeah. Can you see? And from there, you can move and you can go, all right, let me just be aware of the planet being retrograde. And you can literally Google it and you'll see which planets are in retrograde. And then you can go, let me feel what it feels like when this planet is in retrograde. Let me imagine the planet Mercury and get a sense of the energy that I feel there. You know, it's changeable, it's mercurial, it's um, difficult to pin down, um, it can be confusing. Let me just get a sense of each planet and let me feel what I feel like and what I feel the energy to be like when that planet's in retrograde. Yeah. And then from there you can go on and you can look at the conjunctions and the squares. 
because they're the next sort of level of impact. So on Wednesday, the 17th of February, there's a, there's a, there's a Saturn and, and Uranus conjunction, ah, uh, the square. Okay, so how does that feel for me? What am I experiencing? What am I seeing manifesting around me in the behavior of people? So this is going to be a good one for people listening to this recording because yes. as they're listening to it, they'll be able to, to connect to this. Exactly. So can you give them some clues or some advice on how they could best do this? So um, what we know about Saturn, being the Lord of Karma, Saturn is also the one that keeps the order. But that order can also be a bit outdated and a bit stuck and a bit old-fashioned. Um, um, and Uranus, being the awakener, is also the rebel. So Uranus wants to shake up the old god. Um, Uranus wants renewal. Um, the energy is at a high oscillation frequency, reasonably high mass, but it's very incoherent. So it literally shakes up the house. And, and, and Saturn keeps the order. So this is the kind of thing you're going to see playing out. You're going to see... A situation where people want the old system to continue and you're going to have a situation where people want to shake up the old god and you also have that within relationships where one person will polarize towards wanting to keep things the same mm -hmm. and then you have another person wanting to renewal and to do things differently and you may even experience that within yourself where there's certain things that you want to desperately hold on to the way that used to be and there's another aspect of you tugging at renewal and change and a new beginning and a new way of doing something. So that's a very, very good exercise to just observe what's going on for yourself in your relationships and in your larger environment. Okay. And that will be the most powerful influence uh, at that time of the week? Yes. And so people should be able to easily quite... They should be able to feel that, yeah. Able to feel that energy. Yeah, you know, you can just... In your quiet time, in preparation for something like that, you can just actually become quiet and you can call up Saturn mm. and you can just say the word Saturn and mm. you can just sit with it feeling, what does Saturn feel like? You know, and then you can go Uranus because they're direct opposites. You know, you can see, you know, or you can sense, what am I feeling about Uranus? What's happening there? You know, what am I picking up on Uranus? Mm. And the interesting thing about all of this is, as we said in the interview, Moving deeper and deeper into the photon belt, photons amplify and intensify energy. So we are going to be feeling and experiencing more and more acutely these planetary influences. Yeah. And if we're conscious of these influences and we know how they hit us and how they connect with our stuff and what we haven't worked through and what we need to process, then we can be in control of that process and have a coherent effect. If we not then that effect's going to be incoherent and amplified. And this is the precipice that we're standing on, because everything in our world is being amplified and intensified by the photons. And that's why it's so important to be aware of our environment and the influence that our environment has on us. So are there any other conjunctions coming up in the sort of weeks and months ahead for people to be aware of? I'm not specifically aware of any of them. Yeah. Um, I kind of also try and be very in the moment. Yeah. So I try and keep my knowledge very experiential as well. Yeah. So I tend to not look more than a couple of weeks ahead. 
you know, because I, I'm also trying to get out of this idea of a theoretical universe where certain mm. things should happen at certain times mm. and rather be sort of tuned into the now. Mm. You know, so I knew it was new moon last week, Thursday, mm. um, and I, I sort of tried to work with that energy. And then I felt something building up, so I checked, and it's this, the Saturn and, and, mm. and Jupiter, oh, Saturn and Aquarius, Saturn and Uranus conjunction, sorry. And now I'm kind of feeling that. And, and I must say, um, in, in conversations with people, watching people interact, you can feel it building up. Mm. You know, I've had a couple of instances sort of going to Wednesday of having to mediate with one person wanting to keep things the same and another person wanting innovate as well. Mm. It's already happening. Yeah. You know, and then for me, it's about experiencing that to the full, being conscious during that experience, trying to see the lesson, trying to take the learning. And then as that releases again, the next one would be building up towards the full moon at the end of the month. Okay. You know, and then sort of gathering that energy and feeling what that is about for me and how it's sort of sitting with me and what it's bringing to the surface. Yeah. So the full moon's interesting because everybody always talks about the full moon energy. But you've already indicated that it's going to affect people differently. It's going to affect people differently, and this is why it is so interesting to me and so important that we all get in touch with our own experience, you know, um, because exactly that, you know, I, I get very energized in a full moon. I feel very strong. I feel very optimistic. Yeah. I feel like the world's my oyster. I mean, I can do anything. You know, I, I have people that I know about that sort of draw the blinds and shut the doors and, and can't handle it because it's just too overwhelming. Yeah. You know, so you can't be told from outside how you are supposed to feel in a new moon or in a full moon. You know, I have the exact opposite experience in a new moon. It, 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 I find it terrible. I find it terrible that the skies are dark. You know, I feel that my guiding light's gone. You know, I've had low energy. I usually have an increase of, in, increase of incoherent mood. I just want it to be over. And um, I've done various processes with myself to work with that. And in the end, the only one that's worked is actually just to honor myself. Mm. You know, if I need to go to bed early and sleep without doing that's what I do now. Yeah. So awareness, as always, is yeah. the key. Awareness of how the planet is influencing you. And honesty, you know, being really honest. Okay, how am I feeling in this space? Not mm. how am I supposed to feel because I'm being told that. Mm. And, and I think that is the quintessence of our preparation for the next sort of couple of years of what it remains of our own lives lifetimes yeah. moving deeper and deeper into the world and life yeah. is, is becoming more and more acutely aware of what is my experience within the circumstances within these influences from around me yeah. you know what is my true north what am I feeling where is it coming from what is possibly unintegrated within myself and how do I want to show up to the situation yeah. and I suppose understanding that it's transient that a few days after the full moon or the new moon or the conjunction, things will change to, to something else. Yeah. So if you are having a difficult time with the moon, it's temporary. It's temporary and to take the gift. You know, there are larger influences. For instance, your, your Saturn-Pluto conjunct, that is a two-year influence. Mm. So that those two planets start going into conjunction they, at the end of 2018 and then they spend a full 2019 and a full 2020 in conjunction, and they actually went out of conjunction around the 21st of January 2021. Yeah. And that's why it's so global, because it's a full two years 
of that combined energy of those two planets, in this case the Lord of Karma, the Lord of Death, hitting us. And, and that's why the effects are so huge and so lasting. Yeah. Hey, my name is uh, Joshua Lucas. I'm 26 years old. I, um, I'm doing my master's currently in metaphysics. I've already done my degree and my, um, my honors. Um, but I'm at the point currently where I'm working on a career to gain experience. So because I'm only 26, I've got a lot of life experience that I need to, that I need to gain. Um, so I work in the property industry, mostly short letting. I've had several points of, of awakening throughout my life. Um, I really actually started asking questions and about consciousness and reality around the age of about 12 years old. Um, but to me, the big shift was around the time that I realized that I'm actually not getting a, a, a spiritual experience or awakening through the use of of mind-altering substances. So the big tilt for me was really when um, I actually was, as it's known, as brought to my knees in terms of the destruction of my own life and choices and mindset and perspective. So it was really difficult before. Um, I was very misunderstood from a young age and it's mainly because I didn't, I didn't 100% understand what the hell was going on, you know, in my, in, in this reality. I, I, I couldn't understand why things were the way they were. It is not as I remember it. Um, and so, yes, it was very, very difficult, emotionally overwhelming, um, put tons of pressure on myself constantly. I still do, but at least now I do it with spiritual principles, so it's a, it's a little bit different. So I think, I think the major shift really in moving from from say for example before 2020 through through 2020 until we are now has just been an absolute it's been a process of getting into actual growth actual spiritual emotional um, and mental growth well I mean first of all there had to be a point of loss, uh, um, a point of void, a point of, 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 of reaching, reaching the state of, of not really having anywhere to go anymore at the end of the day, you know. Um, I think, I think it, it, it reached a point where I witnessed in my own life, I need a form of routine, I need a form of, a form of practice, um, meditation daily, connection to a power of my, a higher power of my understanding. Um, I think that's really the, the practical aspects which I realized that I'd become super exhausted if I, if I was acting out of myself. So if I wasn't being myself, if I weren't being myself, I'd be super, um, super exhausted. I see it as a major shift. Um, look, I mean, because of the fact that I've been you know, conscious um, for some time. Um, I, I didn't. I never saw it as, as as necessarily negative. I saw it more as an awakening, as a shift, 
as a as a as a collective consciousness, um, you know, as 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 the human race. So, for me, you know, I'm kind of excited about it. To me, it's it, it, despite you know the hardship of it, but at the end of the day, like we only really shift when things really get difficult, and and when that's what I've seen in my own life. Um, so we kind of we kind of push through. You kind of go for that instant gratification up until the point where you know we can't anymore, and then we now have to shift, or we have to we have to change our perspective in order to survive. So for me, 2020, it was hectic, it was heavy, but it was it was absolute growth. Like to me, I can now start seeing the the, the growth in the actual hardship. So the more difficult something is, the more data I'm actually processing, the more. The, the, the stronger I actually get in my spirituality, in my everyday life, in my career. It's, it's like, it's learned me to take on the difficult things first. And, um, and then that will make the smaller things so much easier. Well, at this point, it's, I'm, I'm at the part where I need to invest. I need to start really, really connecting to intuition. So, I mean, it's called intuition for, for a reason. At the end of the day, I need to work towards, I need to work, I need to work from within and out. Um, and, I mean, it's the same with, uh, with gratitude, with the G, you know, it's from the outside, it's from the inside outwards. And for me, I think it's, it's really about going internally, connecting with what I am, who I am, you know, what I'm connected to, my guides, my, my, my higher power, and actually getting to know myself from uh, from the inside and that really will will make all the rest on the outside come together well from my experience and where I am now I think I think the shift that needs to happen is much more on an energetic level than an actual physical level because the physical level is to keep things going and the energetic level is to really shift things Well, the first one that's coming up for me is something that a doctor used to heal his patients and it actually works and that's that every day, everything in every way gets better and better, you know, whether it feels like it or not. And um, intuition is the key to growth. Um, I ask my Ascended Master to provide me with the knowledge, experience and intuition I need to process this reality and, and help the reality shift.